Hello, and welcome to Final Show Films. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I'm John, the executive producer here, and I just want to let you know that uh, we appreciate you watching, and all of those of you that support us financially and just by having a good time here and chat with us. Uh, particularly, we want to thank our $25 tier supporters on Patreon, uh, which are Rowan Parker, Drevian Alexander, Samantha Bates, Catwater Flame, and L. Thank you all very much for your support over the years. It's meant a lot to all of us. We appreciate it. And now I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stardust's, well, welcome to On Trails of Stardust, the fifth edition science fantasy campaign of my own devising. I am your game master, William, for this fifth edition campaign, and joining me today, we have Jeremy. Hi, uh, I am Jeremy. Uh, I am playing uh, Kendall Fairchild, uh, uh, an Aladdin warlock. Uh, and I will just leave it at that for now. <laughs> also, I swear to God, I thought you said I thought you said either entrees or on or entrails of warlock or <laughs> entrails of stardust or um, entrees. John, I'm John, and I'm playing Coltarn, an orc artificer. And Holly joining us for the Thursday game. Oh, uh, hi! I'm Holly. That went away, and Holly and Jack swapped. Hi, Everyone swapped around. Thank you for ruining all my work. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm Holly. I'm playing Mistel. She is uh something uh in Varn Rogue. Yep. And Jack. Hey, everybody! I'm Jack. I'm playing Till Wayland, the avian monk, voiced by Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How sad for you. I I feel bad. Uh, Cody. I'm Cody. I'm playing Varush Al-Rul, the Loxodon Paladin, or Board Keeper. And Craig. Hi. Uh, I'll be playing bees. Nocturne and Torch Bees, who are a ranger. And Camille. Hi. I'm Camille. I'll be playing... Gideon Eaglin, uh, he is a uh, avian rogue. So, to set the scene for those who aren't familiar, welcome to the Stardust Galaxy, a realm of fantasy and science fiction, of fantasy races that have each achieved their own rendition of space flight, of the mass of the mass travel and danger of the intergalactic sphere coupled with the traditional demons, dragons, and other monstrosities that you might encounter in a more traditional Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Among the different civilizations of the galaxies, there exists the coalition of tribes that exist among a group of more monstrous as far as most people would be concerned, appearance. The majocracy, whose study of magic is, above all, the natural order, who seek to preserve the balance of nature in a futuristic galaxy, and the Republic of Kingdoms, who establish the rule of law within their realm. But between them is the divide. 
a galactically enforced neutral zone to keep these warring governments from crossing swords and causing damage across the galaxy. And it is in the divide that we find our individuals upon the swamp world of Nocturna. Nocturna is, to put it lightly, a backwater. It is a completely arid swamp. Arid's the wrong word, but still. Uh, that sees almost no sunlight. The combination of its unique uh, atmosphere and its awkward orbit around its sun, meaning that it sees almost perpetual night, uh, barring a few potential weeks during the height of its oh. summer, which itself only lasts a few <clears throat> But we join these individuals in the Journeys Ahead Tavern, the popular a popular site for adventurers, as Nocturna, despite its backwater nature, has become something of a adventurer's starting place. It is a planet that, for one reason or another, a number of the most famous adventuring teams and guilds and companies have gotten their start off, whether seeking the guidance of the oracle that is known to make the planet their own or for any number of personal or individual reasons. And it is said that you have not truly become an adventurer until you've taken the time to raise a drink in the tavern journeys ahead on the capital city of Nocturna, the city of Knox. And today, on this particular evening, there's a celebration being held as a group of adventurers celebrate becoming the number one individual adventuring team in the galaxy. The Sun Chasers, comprised of Mariah Sunray, Bailey, Trainon Wilhands, Jastor Perkins, Murdoch Stonebeard and Lord Regal have commandeered the environment of Journeys Ahead for celebration of their achievement. And a number of you, for various reasons, whether you just happen to be there at the time or have an association with the Sun Chasers, have been present as the night has wound its festivities down. We pick up with Karos, the famous head of the Core Adventurers League, the Galactic Adventuring Com the Galactic Adventuring League that coordinates every group of adventurers across the star with business and endeavors of their own, standing upon the stage that serves as the usual backdrop for whatever entertainment might be present in the city of Knox at the time, and holds up a drink. Celebration for all of you of the of the Star Chasers or Sun Chasers. Correction. Correction. Celebration for all of you of the Sun Chasers. We welcome you to the highest of heights, the number one ranked adventuring team. I have followed your careers for a long time, and I've seen you save worlds and perform incredible exploits. Perhaps some of those in here watching today might aspire to those same heights. To which I say, the Adventurers League is always welcome. But tonight is a celebration of you. So congratulations to all of you. And this is 
been something of a short speech. She's tried to keep it simple. And the, the sun chasers raise their glass and continue on. And the two, the two of them, Karos and her compatriot Sonus, who jointly control the Core Adventurers League, step down from the stage to join the sun chasers at their table. Meanwhile, a number of other individuals sit around for various purposes, enjoying their drinks or their food. Let's begin with Kendall and Till. Describe yourselves, starting with Kendall, and what you're doing here in this particular tavern on this particular evening. Uh, could you start with somebody else, please? We'll start in with this Till particular then. Moment. Sorry. We'll start with Till then. Till is seated at, a, at the table. Um, <clears throat> his wings are folded behind him, and he's just watching the area. There's an untouched drink a little spaced a little far out. Um, it's clear that he's ordered it because you're supposed to order something when you come into a bar or a tavern like this, but he has not tasted it at all. Um, and anytime somebody gets up, moves, his head swivels to, to sort of just clock their approach, see if they're coming towards the table, moving somewhere else. Um, very much a, a, a watchful stance. Um, he's got brownish hair shot through with the feathers that are um, also mirrored on, on the wingspan that, that he has folded behind him, wearing a loose-fitted tunic. Um, his eyes are kind of a muddy brown. Um, and there's there's a, a about a length and a half spear uh, leaning up on the table, the head encased in um, a sheath of some sort, definitely not openly carrying something that he's going to stab somebody with, but he has it close to hand. Um, fair number of scars on his forearms, but the most dramatic one is a is a series of crescent scars on his uh his left cheek that pulls at his lips. Um, and he's just watching to see if anything happens. Roll me a quick uh, perception check just to see if anything interesting in terms of conversation. Oh, shouldn't be an advantage. Not sure why that's there. Uh, 14. So there's, aside from the general revelry, you pick up that a handful, you pick up that the majority of the people that are... <laughs> Sorry, your kid is <laughs> incredible. Um, but the the uh, you pick up a handful of conversation from the bar, uh, from the three individuals that are seated there next to the other avian. Um, there are a blonde-haired, uh, looks-to-be-human woman, uh, long golden locks sort of draping around mid-back in this very tight... Um, accentuated white dress with sort of faintly blue and nature colored aspects uh having a drink with an individual in full body armor um with the the barrel of a heavy machine gun just sort of laid up against the table next to him uh his helmet ever so faintly just lifting enough to allow him to take a drink and the third individual behind them is a very pale looking high elf with long white hair pulled back uh, with the 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 staff of a scythe just leaning up against the countertop next to him, and you just hear the woman. Let's see, what's the names that I've given? Uh, you hear the woman just say, 
Come on, Invarius, you're here to have a good time. Please, take a drink. To which the elf responds, You and and Warhound are welcome to enjoy everything you feel like, Amelia. For now, it's my job to keep an eye on things. You're not certain what sort of things that this elf is particularly keeping an eye out for, but they seem to be less than at their ease at the moment. All right, then. Meanwhile, um, Jeremy, are you ready now yeah. or do you need more? Yeah, time? I think I'm good. Go for look it. at the chat. Uh, so, Kendall mm. is uh, also sitting at the same table. Um, her drink has very much been touched. Um, she is probably on her third or fourth refill of whatever, whatever the the least whatever the most bougie wine they have is would be the best way to put it. So would you um, go for something imported or something unique to the planet? How gross does the stuff that's unique to the planet look? So there's a, there's a there's a wine that is called uh, Nocturne and Blood Wine, um, which is famous for its quality, something that is very difficult to distill in most worlds. Um, whether there's any actual blood involved in the processing is uncertain. They sort of keep that to themselves as far as processing goes, but it is a famous wine for like general. Like, it's not considered, like, the highest of high quality, but it's a unique wine you can't get anywhere but Nocturne. Yeah, let's import. Let's, let's <laughs> import. Um, uh, but, yeah, she is probably on her third or fourth refill. Um, doing her best, like, how to put, how clean is this place? Um. You're pretty standard sort of Western level of clean where it's right. someone, someone obviously takes care to clean the tables and chairs and, and everything, but it sees a lot of dust and swamp matter from just the fact that this planet yeah, is a yeah. swamp. So there's yeah. constant upkeep being done. Okay. So yeah, she is being very careful where, where her feet are. Um, uh, looking around, like every time she goes to go goes to go somewhere, she very clearly is plotting out her course first, so she doesn't step on anything. Um, she is a ladrin, uh, so <clears throat> everything that that entails, thin, pointy ears, etc., very elven. Um, she has a uh, sort of the the asymmetrical straight cut to her hair. Um, the 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 bangs are a, are a darker purple than sort of the almost uh, uh, like like almost watermelon color of the rest of the rest of her hair. Uh, very bright green eyes, dressed the opposite of what an adventurer would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, the the the. 
lowish cut like 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 cocktail dress that is just toes that line between trashy and classy mm-hmm. uh sort of a a silvery color uh that goes well with with her her general coloring um she has her communi- uh, communication device within reach wherever we're like you don't see her without it mm-hmm. um and she is mostly just vibing right now as best as she can in this place that she is clearly way out of place and extremely uncomfortable I mean, there's some decent music going on over the over the last like electronic and yeah I say I say as I say part of the acronym in the prelude to the acronym. <laughs> um uh but as you sort of look around, are you paying any particular attention to anything or just sort of vibing and just looking at your at your communicator? Just sort of vibing. Uh I mean there there are definitely some looks around because she's he looks very much like somebody who has never been in a place like this. Uh, and, and, and it's a lot of things like the adventure aspect to it. <laughs> so there is definitely some, 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 uh, uh, uh curious looking around. Uh, the, the most obvious thing that you pick up, uh, happens next as you're looking around, you see, um, there's a man who looks to be half undead as like, he looks entirely composed, but his skin is pale and pallid and he's got this sort of combination of cybernetics and and extravagant attire, this very long coat with his tall top hat, um, sort of stands up from the table as Karos, the the, the orc woman who had who had mentioned who had toast who had toasted to the to the Sun Chasers before, sort of remarks. I'm sorry to cut your uh I'm sorry to cut your festivities short, Jaster, but I believe you're needed elsewhere. And he sort of nods and yes, yes, of course. I should I believe you mentioned you had transportation for me. That I did. Please follow me out back. And the two of them sort of disappear out the back door, uh, leaving the remainder of the individuals to celebrate and enjoy the rest of their party. Meanwhile, uh, Coltarn, describe yourself and what you're doing. So, sitting in the back... Mostly just minding his own business, mostly because he's working on something. Uh, is a seven foot two massive slab of orc wearing fairly heavy, you know, heavily modified, um, a heavy, a heavily modified spacesuit that is torn in, in places enough that you can see this big red dragon tattoo going down one arm. Uh, and a couple of smaller, like, look almost dwarvish tattoos on the other arm that look almost like it's it's keeping a tally of something. Uh, and he's got in one massive paw a sort of like caught between two fingers some sort of complex technology. And in his other hand, using three fingers, has a very, very small set of, like, delicate manipulators that he is currently holding up to his face 
and just very, very carefully adjusting something. Uh, very focused in on it. Uh, in front of him is just a decimated platter of food and several empty mugs. Uh, and also what looks like an orc skull, but made out of metal with various cabling and wiring coming out of it. Uh, and he's mostly ignoring whatever's happening in the bar at general. Uh, you do like occasionally someone will come over and say something to him and he'll, he'll have a conversation. But aside from that, he's mostly just focused on his work. Um, seems like he's done whatever he came here to do already. And is just enjoying the, enjoying the energy of the room while working on something. He's one of those people that, you know, takes a laptop to a cafe to, to work. Not because he wants to like, not, not, not because he not because he wants to ignore anybody, but because he likes working in an environment where there are other people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. After a, after a short while of working on that, Karos returns to the table without the missing Jastor. Uh, Mistel, what do you look like and what are you doing? Uh, Mistel is about just under a foot and a half in height and she is her skin tone is a uh, light blue and she's a bunch of different shades of blue she has um almost glowing uh blue wings which are decorated with all kinds of little like gears and uh coins and stuff anything shiny and uh she is wearing um, basically leggings and a long shirt with uh, black light armor over it. And she has long hair, which is like five different shades of blue. Mm-hmm. And she is she has ordered a giant plate of cakes and is currently sitting on it, eating or uh, stuffing her face. Varush, what are you doing? What do you look like? Uh, so they are sitting, uh, at the table, uh, in front of them, they have a large, uh, assortment of food as well. Uh, no, they have a mug, but, uh, anybody that knows him is that when he's on the station, he generally doesn't have alcohol when he's on a station, uh, And then, uh, but sitting at a slight eight foot tall, uh, probably in a modified stool, uh, because he's also fairly heavy, um, uh, wearing drab olive brown ceramic armor. uh, One of the sleeves on his uh, right arm uh, is missing. Uh, And down that arm, there's like a bright, blue or almost aqua crystalline looking ink for tattoos that end at about his elbow um, that appear to be arcane in the nature of some sort. Um, But if you look at it, it's just a cool design. Doesn't actually do anything. Um, He has dusky gray skin that darkens to uh, almost black near the edges of his ears, uh, his fingertips, and the end of his trunk. Uh, And his trunk is currently holding up 
uh, uh, one piece of his pistol while he's cleaning it at the table. Uh, and on the small of his back, there is a large, uh, heavy looking blade that just kind of clanks up against the back of the small of his back. Uh, he also has large tusks protruding from his face that um, seem to be carved uh, that with a design that kind of spirals around. Um, and anybody that knows him, which would probably be Teal at least, uh, knows that it's, uh, he adds to it as it grows. Uh, but yeah. Right now, it's just got a couple of end cap rings around the front of his tusks. But yeah, he's just eating, cleaning his gun. And then Gideon, the one of the natives of Nocturna that is currently present here. What are you up to and what do you look like? Gideon is a, a small-looking bipedal eagle. Um, he's got everything but his talons and his head covered. So you you would you would see his his hands. He has hands, but they've got gloves on them. Um, he's wearing pretty basic uh, armor like clothing. Uh, he has a rather short beak, big wings that are currently down but you can tell he he absolutely has them out so that when he can fly when he's in a space where he can fly he would rather fly than not um but right now he's sitting at a table in the corner on the far side of the uh establishment um with his back to with his back to a wall so he can see the entire bar. Uh, presently, he's casing the establishment. He's ordered food, and he's, uh, if anybody's paying attention to him, he, he's he's very kind to the waitress. He seems to know the waitress, and he's very kind to all the staff in the bar. He got a basic, you know, regular order. Uh, he's eating, kind of hanging out. Uh, watching what's going on, he's actually looking for a mark to try to steal from, which he actually has his eyes pretty solidly on Kendall until he realizes that Kendall is nearby Till. So he's decided against that because he knows Till from before. But he's looking for uh, other marks, maybe somebody that obviously has quite a bit of money that they're willing to part with, but also preferably somebody that isn't sitting next to one of his friends. I mean, insight check just to see if you spot any decent marks. Okay. Big orc in the background. has got a lot of spare parts. <laughs> I'm on. Oh yeah, a lot of your character sheets are gonna be on always roll advantage if you want to change that to a toggle. So 19. Oh. <sighs> so with 
with with the 19 as you look around most of this crowd that you're getting a look at appears to largely be adventurers which means that the majority of them probably have a decent amount of money but not a lot carried on them at once a lot of them probably keep a lot of their funds in goblin bank accounts just to keep everything secure but if you're looking for a decent mark there's a dwarf um sitting just over your shoulder having a conversation with some blonde-haired human uh this human's got like this long coat with the vest completely open and there's like a faint scar across the surface of his chest and the dwarf has his long white beard and hair pulled back and wearing what looks to be like a mechanics outfit um <coughs> the dwarf definitely has what looks to be a good amount of um items of potential worth if you can get him get them away from him um he seems to be having a decent drink as well so it's he might be paying less attention the more the more present concern is the human sitting across from him who seems to be fairly observant Mm. thank you um He said his his human friend seems to be fairly observant. Has his human friend had anything to drink? He looks like he's had a drink sitting in front of him that he hasn't had any of all night. So Gideon quietly clears his throat and says, Peace. Meanwhile, (laughs) there's a buzzing noise as the in as the individual being referenced emerges from a quiet room in the back as bees go ahead and describe what the hell you are sure i i I think bees would actually be by gideon Mm -hmm. if that's okay go for it Um, so at at the at the seat at the table next to gideon there is an old banged up absolutely filthy piece uh not piece but set of of armor um and it is it is sitting in the chair sort of slouched back uh leaning against it and it is so covered with daubed mud and gray papery construction and uh ligatures of of, of thick webbing that it's almost impossible to see what it was originally or what color it currently is or at least what color it used to be um and it is sloping back with with no head to it there's just sort of a hole where the where the helmet would usually attach and going into and out of that hole and various other gaps in the in the places where the armor meets up are uh dozens if not hundreds of insects that are uh, a little under under an inch long, about two centimeters long. They look wasp-like, but they're a a, a sort of bright amber color um, uh, with uh, pronounced stingers coming out of uh, of their abdomens. And the abdomens are also um, broad, um, almost translucent with um, several rings of gold around them over the uh, comparatively duller amber. 
Um, and every once in a while, uh, that portion, the abdomen portion, will glow on some of the insects, and it will sort of flicker through this, this grouping. They're flicking back and forth over the armor, uh, crawling in and out. Um, some are uh, hovering around Gideon. Uh, there is a large concentration of them on the table, crawling over the various pieces of food, as well as two bowls into which various drinks have been poured, uh, which are currently swarming. And... Uh, as William said, there's a sort of a constant sound of buzzing, and sometimes that, that buzzing will concentrate, and out of the buzzing comes a voice. And in response to Gideon, uh, Gideon's statement, the, uh, the, 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 the buzzing voice says, What's up, Gideon? Also, this is very much like fermented nectar. I like it a lot. Question. Have I noticed the insect infestation on the bar? <laughs> it's a real good question. I was about it's, to ask the it, same. It's very hard to miss. It's certainly the thing that has probably drawn the most attention in the room is the walking beehive in a vaguely humanoid shape. Cool. So part of my attention is on whatever I'm working on. The other part is on the bees. <laughs> oh. My. God. Leans over. Do you see that? I'm not that I I know I, I haven't drinking too much wine, have I? Cause You're fine, Miss Fairchild. I'm watching. That's that is so cool. Oh my god. They have a nasty yeah, stick. So... I'd keep your distance. Uh you see those tough looking guys over there? The human and the all of them, the the ones, the flashy ones. I point over to where I was looking at the the group that I see. That would be these two over here. There's I'd a. Say, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I say, uh, oh, so what I need you to do is I need you to get their attention. And keep it for as long as you can. Oh my god! Well, we're good at that, Gideon. I have to like. Actually do you want me to? You are, Bob. Do, do you want us to kill them? No, 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 no. Absolutely. Listen. What did I say when we were talking to Mama Lear? Right. We're going to try to find something valuable. Right. Daddy. Remember right. I said that? We're, Okay. Right. I, re I we remember we're going to make their things our things and then we'll have more yeah. things and yes, they'll have exactly. less things but we don't care cuz they're not us. Get in. Get in. Get in. Get in. Focus. I need you to focus right. Okay, bud? You you're calling the bees you. Uh, yeah, the collective you. Um, sorry, once. Hang on. Sorry. Um, all right, so yes, we will have more things, they will have less things, yes, all that. But so, what I need you to do is I need you to make them look at you while I actually, you know what? Don't worry about that. I need you to make them look at you and not tell them about us making their things on Okay, I mean, I need you to make them look at us for something completely different and make sure they have no idea 
we we won't. Can we sting them a little? Yes. <laughs> All right. We will. Uh, the um uh the, the bees sort of start to swarm back off the table into the into the suit and, and then stop and they're sort of milling around and voices again and says, "Should we leave most of us here, just a little bit?" Yes, as many of you as possible here. Okay, most of us are going to stay here with this fermented nectar, and uh, a, a small portion of the of the swarm will break off and head over uh, to the table that Gideon indicated. So, just because I've been I've been fascinated and horrified by this infestation, how much of the gesticulation did I catch, or was I just really focused on the bees? <laughs> I mean, you're probably looking more at the bees than the than the avian who's talking oh, to yeah. them. Oh yeah, no, definitely 100% more at the bees. I'm just like, I'm, I'm wondering how my line of sight is matching up with the, whatever the fuck is going on over there. <laughs> I feel like the, the avian is trying very hard to make sure their gestures aren't seen by anyone except for the barmaid who probably knows them. So you're probably just seeing a handful of gestures and maybe a couple of indications, but nothing concrete. Okay, it, yeah, so yeah, just... Completely focused on whatever the fuck this bee is doing, or this pile of bees is doing. What is this pile of bees doing? Um, I'm going to use. Um, I don't know why it's not showing up because I'm sure I put it in, but um, astral jaunt mm -hmm. um, to, uh, in this case, bee jaunt to uh, detach a portion of the swarm and go over. Um, and I would like to have them. Um, uh, go and sort of try to sneak over so they're under the table. Um, so flying low across the floor of the bar, um, a, a group of bees about the size of, uh, let's say, a, a, a beach ball, um, sort of swarming around. But um, and then we'll go under <laughs> the table. A fucking beach ball. <laughs> the bees are not the size. Of no, no, I thought you said a small amount of bees. That's that is comparatively a small amount of bees. Dear God! Based on how many are in there, um, and uh, it's probably two dozen bees. Um, and and so flying relatively close together, and so they will go over and try to sneak under the table. What because, is on? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check, just sure. for bees. Be stealthy. Eleven. Right, I need to roll something. Oh, with a plus, you know, plus six. Bees very stealthy. Bees very stealthy. Impressive with all the. Well, they're not actively buzzing right now. I mean, the ones back at the table are, but these ones aren't. Oops! Oh, gee. Wrong number. I, I put an extra number in there. That's my bad. <laughs> Man, this guy is observant. <laughs> yeah, because like, but um, you uh, the the bees sort of cautiously hover, making more use of that sort of spiderish thorax they have underneath the wings to try and maneuver as quietly as possible without having to initiate the loud noise of flight. Um, and you sort of coalesce a small film of bees on the underside of the table that these two are, are enjoying food at. What's their pants situation like? 
tucked into boots or uh, the, oh, no. the human <laughs> the, the human is wearing um like very tightly fitted um dark leather um pants with a with a belt um that are tucked into boots yeah with the but the the chest of the of the jacket they're wearing is open which sort of exposes this long diagonal scar across their chest um the dwarf is wearing what looks to be mechanics overalls uh, with like bits of metal accentuation and like um, technology like hanging off of them in various places. <coughs> and the cuffs. The, cuffs uh, the, of the overalls. The the overalls. The cuffs of the overalls are um, rolled up enough to like expose just an amount of angle ankle above the work boots that the dwarf is wearing. Up we go. <laughs> We're going for sort of like upper uh, upper calf and knee area. Mm-hmm. And at this point, just sort of crawling around. At, at, the, at this point on the table, the, the, uh, the, the dwarf kind of looks down around as he feels this crawling sensation under his overalls. It's like, that fucking beast, bloody. Give me one second. <laughs> So, while Bees is doing that, uh, I am going to take this opportunity to feign the fuck out of this shit. Which is, I'm gonna like, I mean, obviously I have no magical ability whatsoever, but I'm going to like, kind of do like a now you see me, now you don't thing. Try to use the fact that Bees is distracting Theoretically, most of the bar at this point, and uh, stealth over there and make a pretty slick lift. Roll me a stealth check, real quick. Bees, what are you doing to this dwarf? Um, how how is the dwarf reacting at this point? They've noticed they've noticed the crawling sensation across their leg, and they're just kind of like trying to brush their their overalls as if to get something off of them. Okay. Um, once the, the attention, um, and, and we start to feel the, um, the brushing on the other side, we're going to come pouring back out of the cuffs and start to buzz up and around. And the, um, the, the thoraxes are sort of in sequence strobing the, the, the bright golden lights as they circle around the dwarf and the human now. The, uh, the, the, the dwarf just kind of like puts hands up and starts like swatting the air, trying to get these bees out of his face. It's bloody fucking... Get these things out of my face. And the human just kind of leans back. He seems to have almost no reaction to the bees swarming around him as he just kind of sits back and enjoys the show of the dwarf being very un very, very perturbed by the by the by the presence of the swarm of bees just trying to get around him. So um the uh uh Gideon, make me a sleight of hand check. Yeah. Can I can I argue for advantage since I'm helping? Absolutely. Make it with advantage. All right. Let me toggle to advantage. And okay. Okay. So you you sort of as this as this dwarf is trying to swap these bees away, you just kind of play on that 
that panic for a minute and just kind of walk up to the dwarf and be like, here, let me help you out with that. And you start trying to like pat the bees off of them and just using your wings to blow a little bit of air to try and disperse the bees. And as you're doing that, you just kind of reach down, find something that looks loose and valuable and just slip it off of the dwarf's belt and just pocket it. Cool. Thanks. So, so I'm going to convincingly help as much as I can. And then as bees, you know, goes through the rest of his, or the rest of their, uh, you know, process as we've practiced many times. Um, then once that's you. done, I'm going to go ahead and go back to a seat. So seeing that these bees are now harassing a pair of people. Do I know anything about what these bees are? Have any idea? Roll, roll me a nature check. And you you will you will like uh, one of the the dwarven woman who's manning the bar just kind of looks over and bees stop bothering the customers. Natural one. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, no clue what these bees are. <laughs> do I have, um, do I have any idea what normal what might what might like not not harm but like non-violent non non-harmfully like make normal bees leave an area? Um, particular scents, strong gusts of wind. Uh... Cool. I would like to, I would like to just very, very quickly just sort of reach down, grab uh, a couple, grab like sort of like a, um, a few bits and pieces of scrap and cobble together a, a small like scent ball that has a, that has a scent that most people don't really care about, but really annoys bees to the point that they want to leave. Using my magical tinkering oh, yeah. feature. Make the bees angry. Good plan. I'm just trying to get rid of them. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They're just swarming people. And it's like, okay, this no, is you're probably fine. Long enough. Uh, so yeah, I just want to like like make a make a make like an odorous ball, basically, that will that will normal bees would make them leave. <laughs> and just activate it and roll it along the ground towards the bees. mild repellent. Yeah. Um, in, in response to the bartender, there's a voice again from over, over at the table, uh, where the, the armor still is. And the, the majority of the swarm still is. Um, and, and it says, what is this? Do, do we know who this is? Uh, this, this dwarven, uh, bar matron, um, is, um, Vira and okay. she tends to She's the second in command of running of running the actual journey journeys ahead. Um, the actual the the orc the male orc uh, standing a little ways away from her is actually the proprietor of the tavern. Um, uh, um, Loric, the the actual proprietor, is the one who runs it. But Vira does most of the like running plates around, and the uh, the goblin chef um, on the far end is currently just cooking up food right now. And, Give and, me something to play with, Gideon, or um, uh, Beast. Uh, Mama Vi is also a dwarf, so okay. I don't know if you want to what you want to do with that. Okay. Um, I, I figure if we if 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 we know, I just wanted to figure out if we if we knew her, but I appreciate that. Did, I would say Gideon, that I would say that Vira is probably Vi is probably Vi's sister. Okay. Um. Uh, d does Gideon have what he wanted? Yes. Okay. All right. Then in the voice coming mainly from the concentration of bees over by the suit, but also a faint echo coming from the one swarming around the dwarf. Um, you hear that voice again, go. Hey, Antifi, 
we were just here and now we've been scared away by this very impressive and terrifying avian. Oh no. <laughs> and the, the bees disperse. Um, and then at that point, is that about when they interact with the ball? About roughly, yeah. Um, what uh, what does it smell like? Uh, it smells like something that would be repellent to normal bees. Um, I have no idea what they what effect peppermint, they have at Pepper, all. peppermint and citrus oils usually. Um, and I th so I think there's sort of this there's this buzzing and there's there's a if bees can be melodramatic. <laughs> These bees are sort of melodramatically falling away from Gideon's stage onslaught. Um, and then the instant that the ball, are you rolling it? Yeah, just from, just like from, like, just so, that, so I'm not going to throw it past people. I'll just put it on the floor and just roll it. And it's um, the instant that it comes near, the, the buzzing <clears throat> amps up a few decibels. Uh, and the activity, the, the the bees that are around the dwarf immediately fly back to the table where the rest of them are, and uh, all of them start to glow. I just pull out a small book and write down what I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at, at, at our table, I was like, oh, I've got to tell Giselle about this. And she, it's the communicator. Hi. So you are not gonna believe what I just saw. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's not important. No, no. Listen to me for a second. So there, I'm in this bar, um, and it's it's okay. It's not too bad. It's, it, eh. but but listen, there are bees in this bar. No, no. Actual, no, no. Actual bees. Like really? No. Uh, I tell you what, I will take you a picture and I will show you, bitch. Okay. All right. Thank cool. you for Love not making. Thank you for not making me do the other half of that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't going to. Just a whole. I'm gonna go uh, pop a squat next to Till. Yo, dude, would you piss off to end up next to this? Don't give Hi. Gideon a side look. Miss Fairchild, Gideon, Gideon, Miss Fairchild. Oh shit! This is your job. Sorry, dude. <laughs> oh my god, you're a friend. Of... Hi, hi, nice to meet. Extend a hand. Gideon. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm Kendall. Gideon. Uh, Gideon. Yeah. Awesome. If you need to find anything locally, Gideon is an excellent resource for that. Ooh, yeah, yeah, a lot know. of stuff. Like I all the things and the people, and yeah, also who to stay away from. So you should probably, you know, stay close to Till unless you like losing your stuff. Oh randomly. yeah, no, no, I don't worry. I know what I'm doing. So I got what's point in the general direction of B. B? What's that? Oh, they're cool. They're, they're my best friend. I don't get it. Bees, they're, they're my best friend. They're, they're bees. What do you, the, what do you the, not get? The, the Looks over at yeah. Till confused. Till has never met bees before, so Till just oh, gives you a smile. Right, I forget. 
Yeah, faces don't know about. Yeah, they're sentient beasts. They're, they're like, like us, but it's a form of beast. It's a bunch of bees, but they're one brain. No. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, with that 18 nature check, Till, uh-huh. you recognize Nocturne and Scorch, uh, Torch Bees. You right. also know that's not usual behavior for Nocturne and Torch Bees. They don't normally have a hive mind. So that's the sort of local color that you sometimes encounter in areas like this, Miss Fairchild. Um, unique specimen, apparently. Nocturne and unique. Torch Bees. You mean gener- there's not more of them? Well, generally, a hive of bees is a hive of bees, and it's usually not self-aware in that sense that seems to... Go figure. Gideon, you can... I assume you communicate? Yeah, he talks. They talk. Sorry. They they usually don't talk, actually. Uh, (laughs) No, they totally talk. No, no, I mean... Larger they most nocturne and torch beehives don't converse on the same level uh, that we do. Uh, they usually operate on a more insect level. So, uh, insect, you mean like bugs? Yes, usually so like they're not like people that are a bunch of bugs, they're just bugs. They're most of the time, huh? This seems to be a rather unique circumstance, but. It's a big galaxy that can happen. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mama Leah says that all the time. Mm-hmm. 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 Has anything updated with the status rebees glowing? <laughs> they they are um they look very agitated, but they are actually now sort of all of them are going back into the uh, the armor, the armor hive. So there are less and less of them visible. So now you don't know where they are. No, they're in the armor hive. <laughs> there's there, there's a noticeable agitated buzzing from inside the armor. I just sort of oh, after shit, after somebody ticked off bees. After after a little bit, I just finish writing and then uh, underneath my wrist press a button and the ball <laughs> rolls back. Let me go check on it before they let me go check on them before they you the, know, the, the offense, to somebody on accident. The the offensive sm- the offensive smell of peppermint and uh and citrus begins to leave. Yeah, it rolls past it rolls past Varouche and he sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just like reach down, get it, turn it off, pocket it. Understanding that learning now that this will be useful later for all manner of weird alien beasts. I'm gonna go sit back next to Beast. Okay. Look at that, Miss Fairchild, making friends already. Hmm. So, you, uh, how do you know him? I needed a guide first time I came to the city, and Gideon was available for hire. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Never met the bees before, though. They are new. I don't suppose you have a lot of bees where your family lives. I mean, we have bees. We don't have 
Hey, you said talking bee. I mean, we do some, obviously, we do some some work with, uh, or the family does. I'm not yet, but they we do some work with uh, natural things and that sort of thing. But No, of course. So I, 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 I assume there's some bee work. I don't know. Mistel, what are you up to this whole time? Um, she was looking for someone to steal from, but now she's kind of fascinated by these bees. <laughs> um, she's she's probably gonna fly over to bees. The bees, a small foot and a half winged individual flutters over and lands onto the table next to you. She will kind of hover around bees, like not touching, but examining what you are. What is, is that? A, the bees, is that a bird? Holy shit, is it gonna, wait, come out. Oh wait, it talks. It talks. Bees, it talks. So we can't kill, kill it. Hello? Hello? This place, this place smells bad. Yeah, she will. Wait, what? What do you mean it smells bad? It smells bad. Most of these places you take us to just smell like urine and feces, but this one smells bad. <laughs> the smell the smell is not lingering, I should note. It is beginning to disperse. But they don't know. Don't, yeah, they don't know because the they've been hiding. Yeah. There's a the, the, the armor the armor sort of twitches so, and, and moving the arms up like this, almost like they're crossing their arms. Um and then what 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 is okay, weird weird question i apologize um what what would mistle smell like yeah because I'm, I'm gonna smell it too mm. she spends a lot of time on the streets so i feel like she still has a decent smell to her maybe something like flowers okay and oh. probably like cakes or sweets. Spends a lot of time, like a, a lot of time on the streets sugary. of the swamp world. It smells like flowers. So, some of the um, some of the bees start to come back out of the 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 hole at the top of the armor, and uh, that that voice again, sort of a buzzing. <laughs> we like this smell though. Hello. Hello. You are fascinating. <laughs> You smell like nice food. Thank you. They, uh, some of the bees start to come out and fly towards uh, Mistel. She, how big are the bees compared to her? They're, they're each individual bee is a little less than an inch long, about two centimeters. <laughs> She'll so, like, so like hold like, out her hand for for one of them. They, uh, one of them will land on the hand, and will sort of just start to crawl around, and the the head comes down. And it, it, it's 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 probably too faint to feel. Although I don't know, maybe Mistel has really sensitive hands, but it, it's basically like tasting her hand. So, uh, not gonna lie, uh, lady, I thought you were a bird and that you were gonna come eat my friend. So I'm I'm really glad you talked because I might have hurt you. So sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. I'm mistaken for a lot of things. 
but I'm not a bird. I'm a stall. She'll like extend a tiny hand. I'm gonna meet it with a pinky. I'm Gideon, and this is Bees. We're Bees. Hello. You look more yeah. like a bird than I do. Oh yeah, I'm totally a bird. Oh, uh, bird, bird person, bird person, uh, avian. I'm, I'm an avian, a bird person. Mm -hmm. I've seen your kind before. You guys fascinate me. Yeah, Phil looks kind of different, but we're the same, sort of the same-ish, I guess, kind of. Oh, yes, I know, Till. No kidding, me too. Apparently everybody knows so, Till here. <laughs> I don't know Till. You from around here? Because Been here for a few months. Oh, yeah, I grew up here. And these, oh. I guess, grew up here? Sort of. I mean, Bees didn't really grow up yet. He's still, they're still, you know, bees. But, uh, we're bees. <laughs> you look like bees. Nobody mistakes us for anything. Except, apparently, you're not supposed to talk, which is what Till just told me, but I, I had no idea that was a thing. We don't usually. We didn't used to, and then we did. And now we do. Oh. Always. How come you Always never told now. me that before? You didn't ask. Uh, we never really thought about it. It's okay. Everybody knows what we are, though. Everybody points at us and says, bees! Until we're bees. So, similarly to the bees, do I have any idea what the other thing that has now flown up and started talking to the bees is? Roll a history check. <laughs> this place has suddenly become very fascinating, like oh, for no, for like xenobiology purposes. <laughs> right? There are there are increasing numbers of of the torch bees that are landing on Mistel as long as Wait, she's probably got like her arms out, yeah, like yeah. covered in them right now. I don't she's like very happy. Scene. It's like that scene from Lilo and Stitch where Pleakley gets swarmed by mosquitoes. Oh, oh no. Look. <laughs> um, me. With with within within 11, um you recognize the small creature as an Invaran, uh which is a uh, rel uh with a natural 20 with a natural 20 you also recognize it as an Invaran. Um you don't know a whole lot about Invarans as a species. Uh Coltarn, you just know them that they come from the world of Invara, which is largely an ocean world that has like a monastery on it. Um, Hill. <clears throat> Aside from that, you also know I wrote that... my dissertation on Invara. <laughs> <laughs> and torch bees. You're just the xeno. You're the xenobiologist here, apparently. Um, with with a, with a natural twenty, um, you also know that Invarans uh, were not um, naturally uplifted to the space scene. Um, because of their because of their similar appearance to the fey creatures known as pixies, um, it, they've gotten that nickname of being called pixies. But also, that makes them a fine commodity for pirates, poachers, and slavers. Um, so the first the first emergence of of Invarans onto the scene was after a group of pirates landed on their planet looking for Haven, uh, found the local creatures, and figured they'd make a nice commodity. Uh, capturing them and selling them on the market across the galaxy, until um, the the monk order that now resides there 
found the planet, landed on it, did a lot of work to end the pirate trade of Invarans, and has officially, with the help of the Goblin Trade Empire, outlawed the slavery of Invarans across the galaxy. Cool. So Till's kind of looking around, suddenly realizing that, oh, apparently everybody he's ever met in Knox happens to be in this bar. But he's 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 kind of eyeing Mistel. Eyes are narrowed a little bit. And he just sort of checks his belt to make sure nothing's missing. <laughs> So, um, what's going on with the uh, what's going on with the um, the Sun Chasers? Uh, they mostly seem they mostly seem to be having uh, just winding down. There's like some idle conversation going on between them and the trio at the bar, um, who they seem to know. Um, occasionally, a shout will get put out to the dwarf and the human sitting over there, and sometimes an offhand comment made to one of the other adventurers. It seems like most of the people here that aren't these individuals knows the Sun Chasers in one manner. Or <laughs> So who was it? Who was it that I? Uh, I'll wait till you can breathe again. Uh, who, who was it that uh, I was sent to? Sort of, I give the regards of Halvard to. Uh, Mariah, the leader, okay. would have been the one that you did most of the business with. Yeah, so I, I, I would have already done that, but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and pack up my kit because you know this has been interesting, but I really need to get going, uh, and uh, I'm gonna head over to Mariah. So, you know, pack up everything and, and it, it all ends up going in this massive, like modular backpack that he sort of picks up with one arm and slings over and puts on. And then there's a sort of like as it attaches to various parts on his armor and just pick up the mace that was sitting against the, the side of his chair, hook it onto his belt and start walking. Sorry, I had nowhere towards Mariah. Just get over there and Mariah. And yeah, Mariah is a human woman with long, like bright orange hair, wearing sort of heavily uh, augmented and nice looking power armor with this sort of long, long sword on her long, long sword. This long sword on her belt and shields across her back. Uh oh, Coltarn. I was sort of just just extending the just extending the hand for like the forearm grasp and shake. Yeah, she'll take it. Well, it's been a pleasure. Congratulations on making the number one spot. Like I said, Dad said he had to miss it, but business been business has been busy. I completely understand. It's been good seeing you, and give my regards to the Starbreakers whenever you uh, get back. Will do. I'm probably going to go ahead and start making my way towards the port, so enjoy the rest of your celebrations. And it's as Coltarn turns to start walking out the door. Which is in what direction, by the way? Uh, north. Okay, so yeah. Turn. That the ground shakes. <laughs> look down. Look back over at her. Is that usual? No, no, it's not. Well, Gideon just swore loudly, so it's not normal. I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what Gideon does. Gideon might swear all the time. <laughs> I mean, fair. 
Uh, it's about um, three seconds later that an, an individual emerges out coming in the main door. Um, this tall orc individual with their long hair sort of mohawked out and then tracing down into a long tie behind the, behind the end of the mohawk uh, as they emerge into the room and start running up. Ah, adventurers, sun chasers, could use your help. That was an opening salvo. We've got Necros Pirates. Shit. Sorry, what? There's a uh, <clears throat> Miss Fairchild, we're going to have to find you a place to. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I... what? The the lawmaster looks at you. Necros pirates, undead things that want to kill you and potentially make you undead. If you don't want to fight them, I suggest you find a place to bunker down while the adventurers do their jobs. That sounds no. Amazing. <laughs> She's getting up and she is getting ready to go. Law, the the law, the lawmaster sort of pulls up and racks an assault rifle and turns to start heading out as the rest of the sun chasers hearing the call to action stand up and start making their way out the door. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see. No, you do yeah. not, ma'am. If I do, reach back with my left. You're not the boss of A. Reach back with my left arm and elbow a panel on the backpack, which causes a sheet of metal to just sort of extend out, uh, almost like it's being launched. Catch, flick, and it extends out into a shield. And I sort of grab the mace off my hip and start heading towards the door. Yeah. Uh, we need to go home. Finish. Uh just put my gun back together in the last bit that I was cleaning. <laughs> Chamber around, put it back just in the holster. Did time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and uh, just sigh at Kendall running towards undeath. <laughs> Till just start walking forwards. As I, as I start walking next to Varu, I sort of look over towards Kendall. That one yours? Oh. <laughs> Uh, lucky. Oh. No. <laughs> the the bees leave Mistel very quickly and surge back into the armor, which sort of jolts forward, lurches back, and then with sort of ungainly staggering steps, forces itself up, slightly leaning forward and slamming onto the table in the process, and then is up on on two feet. We got to get home. Our moms are going to be worried. Mama Aaron says there's great stuff to steal on battlefields. Did it, uh, B, really? After the battle. After the battle. Not now. We have to that's get home she, first. That's what she told us. Yes, but we have to wait until they're done fighting first. Okay, let's go home. So, did, as... did, Mistel, did Mistel say her name? Oh, yes. Okay. Mistel, are you coming home? Um... I mean, I don't really have a home. Okay, come on. Uh, Gideon, Mistel's coming Mama home. Said no more straight. Mama Leah said no more straight. She's not a straight. We know her. She smells good. She has perched herself on top of bees at this point. We don't have time for this. Let's go. Mama Ellie said we're the best bees. You're the best bees yeah. I've met. See? So as the, the adventurers pour out ahead of you and the rest of you presumably slowly make your way out the doors, 
uh, and you you hear you hear the lawmaster sort of shouting out, um, you know, Sun Chasers, you have the best you have the best spaceships. I need you to get up there and put the fight on those on those on those pirates. Uh, the rest of you fan out, try and harass as many of them as you can. I need to get to the town square. They're probably going to start converging there. Um, and the uh, and uh, Gideon and Bees, you know that your home is on the town square. Yeah. Double time, Bees. Let's move. Okay. Hold, hold on. Don't come inside. We're in here. And then the um, the armor starts to lurch forward after Gideon. Once I get outside, I'm taking to the air. So. Adventurers are running in every direction, pulling out weapons and preparing to face down an onslaught, an invasion of Necros pirates. Real quick, as we're running toward the, the square, I say, B, scavenge. Because we were taught to scavenge the battlefield while we're running through it. Scavenging. Is there anything valuable lying around? Not or immediately. It looks like the assault is just beginning. Or anything valuable being held by someone who's not paying a tremendous amount of attention? From what you're gathering, there's a lot of, like, battlefield attention right now, so... Sorry, I didn't mean to, to derail. I was just saying, like, if we see anything, that somebody, like, falls or something like that. Absolutely. Right. Loot the dead before their bodies hit the ground. Got it. I mean, yes. Hey, gotta eat to live, gotta steal to eat, dude. I'll tell you more about it when I've got the time. <laughs> You're my only friend, Abby's. Abby's. <laughs> but eventually, just in the commotion and the clamor, the group of you seem to end up sticking together as you end up rushing down and through the city and ending up finding yourselves on the on the the central. Uh, round that is the middle of Knox, the city. Um, there's a major water fountain across from the Lone Cathedral that makes up the uh, religious area of Knox as a city. Um, the group of you seemingly having managed to journey together whether you intended to or not. Um, and as you look around, you see approaching from both of the sides of this area a group of, on each side, three of these undead pirates decked out in a variety of different outrageous garb with large hats, with swords in one hand and pistols in the other. And trailing behind each of these two groups is what can only be described as an amalgamation of raw shadow. This large, swarming nothingness that seems to coalesce behind and following each of these individuals as if being led on a leash as the group of you arrive in the square around the same time as these individuals do. As one of the pirates notices the group of you, he raises a cutlass and yells something unintelligible to the group of you. Um, hmm. And we're going to roll some initiative. Uh, hang on. I have to refresh the stream observer because you can't see anything. Oh, wait. Nope. There he is. Now I can see. 
<laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, perfect. Fucking perfect. Well, I'll get there. I have to select my tracker, my my token rather. Yes. Yeah, Damn, and that was good. <laughs> I mean, you can just punch it in once you've got a thing on the. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Oh, okay. I'm gonna do that because I rolled a 17. Is it five? Where do I? Where Where is my? Where do I punch my initiative in? Is it just here? Click on yeah, red click, box? click on the number next to your name in the turn order. Oh, gotcha. I got a 20. Wait, I am I going nine. first? Yes. No. No. Oh, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> of the player characters, though, I'm going first. Yes. I have a plus one to my initiative. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that, that's dice. Yeah, I have a plus two. William, just out of complete... Random, not related to anything. Curiosity. How tall is this statue? Um, it's massive. It's probably about forty, maybe fifty feet up. Okay. So, going first in the initiative is this particular pirate, uh, who is going to five ten. How do I put my initiative in? Uh, did you click on your token and it hit roll initiative? Yes. Uh, let me see. It does not look like... Ah, there you are. You rolled an 11, but you did not have your turn going. 11.2. I don't see... Damn it. Yep. Okay, so I'll add your turn. Hmm. Why... For some reason, the stream observer is seeing everything in gray. Except for our tokens. That's because we're the protagonists. <laughs> and also isn't seeing the enemies that I can see. Why is that? Oh, my bad. That was, I, that was not what I meant to do. There we go. No, that was what I, that was what I meant to do. Okay, so. All right. So yeah, this. Uh, let me really quick fix Mister's token. There we go. Fixed. All right. So pirate moves thirty feet, and does anyone actually? You two are within the short range of his pistol. Uh, he's going to take a shot at the Loxodon because it seems like the bigger threat. Literally. Oh, maybe it's a thing. Hang on. Does a 12 hit you? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> we can say yes, but plinks off like a... <laughs> just boing. Yeah, the, the, the pirate rushes forward and just raises his pistol and fires at you and you just bring your... You don't have a shield, you just have your armor. Yep. Uh, so it just ricochets off the shoulder plate of your armor. Oh, I know why it's not working. I bet Firefox can't see the API. 
Well, it's your turn, Coltarn. Hang on. I'm trying to fix this because shit broke. Uh, here, I'll do it this way. We'll show y'all. We'll show you all my feed for now. There. <coughs> okay. My turn. There we go. Real quick, William, where's the brothel? Uh, across the way on the northeast corner. That was hard at the time, Camille. Northeast, okay. Uh, uh, all right, so yeah. So, Necros Pirate approached and shot. Um, there are more pirates on the right and left with big hunking things behind them. Uh, is, is this tall enough to provide cover right, right ahead of us? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to move to one side of what I would say is probably a pig of some kind. Uh, uh, I believe it's meant to be a deer. It looks like a pig. Looks like an elephant to me. I was going to say it looks like an elephant except for too small. Which is why it looks like a pig. In whichever version of creature it is. Um, I'm going to move over there. Obviously a tapir then. Hmm. There you go. Uh, and I am just going to start off simple for now. That's obviously a bear Naruto running. I mean, it could also be <laughs> just, just three Venus de Milo's that are, that are, that are, that are laid against it. Tell me that that does not, is not what it looks like. Three Venus de Milo's in a trench coat. So I put my back against this, this, this. I put my back against this portion of the statue, with my shield. Um, sorry, my mace is in my left hand. My shield is in my right. Uh, put the mace down for a second. Reach over, toggle something on my on my wrist on my bracer on my wrist. Point with the point with the arm that's holding the shield, and just extend extend my index finger. Pull up my thumb, and just make a clicking motion. And as I do, just a a a some sort of projectile rockets out of a a barrel in the wrist of my bracer, as I fire my finger guns at the Necros pirate. At uh, which one? <laughs> uh, the one that's uh, this one over here. That one. Okay. Roll to hit. Yeah. An eight. Well, my, I, my sorry, chat freaked John, I, out, and then I rolled an eight. I was not laughing at your roll. I was laughing at the at the spell descriptor. I was laughing at your roll. <laughs> Listen, I laugh at my rolls. I can laugh at his rolls. Fair. Yeah, yeah. I rolled an eight. Also, William, I think Gideon and Mistel need to be sorted into turn order. Oh yeah. Thank you. So that's my turn because I've been rolling so well today. All right. Uh, five, great. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. This pirate will shoot with his pistol at Gideon. That's a 14. Does a 14 hit you, Gideon? Unfortunately, it does. 
That'll be six points of ballistic damage. Gideon! This is why you're not your friend. Loud buzzing. Which which one shot Gideon? No, this one that just moved. This bitch, Roger. And the report of a pistol goes off, and you can hear the, the, the faint squawk of pain. Ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. This one's gonna concentrate fire with its friend on Varouche. Thirteen probably still misses you though. Correct. As another shot just pings off your armor. Gideon, it's your turn. Uh so number one. Uh, this bitch I hate. Um, so I'm gonna put a uh, bullet in his head. Uh, I'm actually. Hmm. Okay, before I say that. Oh yeah, because I'm sorry. I'm thinking through the the the, the smartest thing to do here because I want them down quickly, but I also kind of just want to get home. Um. But I also know. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and shoot him. Um. So I I am obviously in the air at this time, but I'm gonna shoot first and then move. Okay. Uh, we got a problem. Hang on one second, guys. Actually, can you wait one second? Oh, I'm sorry, clicking on the wrong thing. All right, uh, there we go. Oops, I'm sorry, I'm rolling with advantage still. Yeah, uh, but a 10 would miss, so yeah. As your pistol shot goes yeah. wide. My pistol shot goes wide. I'm gonna go ahead and move, but you don't have to. Well, I guess you do have to wait for me. Uh, I'm going to use my uh, what's it called? Your cunning action. Uh, my cunning action. Yeah, I'm gonna use my cunning action to dash. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Can I? Uh, I'm so since I'm flying, I can be like up. To, well, they're gonna cheat me anyway. Yeah, yeah just I'm, how I'm, high up are you? Um, how high up can I go? I mean, theoretically, up to about sixty-ish feet with your movement speed. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. There, I have fixed the problem for now. <coughs> Ow. Anyway, uh, next up is the Voidwalker. This one in particular.
has it. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty. And it's going to. That's not fifteen feet now. It's going to dash. As this sliding shadow that seems mostly amorphous just kind of slithers along the ground and emerges directly in front of Kendall and Varush just rising up out of the ground, this vaguely humanoid upper torso with claws and burning red eyes rises up as it dashes in front of Kendall and Varush. Next, Necros Pirate, the last one over here. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Still trying to shoot at Varush. Yeah. I believe a 16 might hit you. Yeah, 16 does hit. Only six points of ballistic damage. And then the other Void Walker. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Also going to use its action to dash 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. As another one of these creatures of just pure black surges up the ground in front of you and rises up in front of you as well, Coltarn. Kendall. All right, question. How high, completely theoretically, is this building? Probably about 15 feet, 20 maybe. Okay. Perfect. So Kendall looks at the, the the amorphous black mass in front of her. Okay, brood. Seems to walk over here. Turns to sort of a shimmery light and will face step to there. And now I'm going to Eldritch Blast the fucker. All right. Or try. Uh, what's the Void Walker that I see? Uh, that will miss. Okay. <coughs> and uh, I still have a, a little bit physical movement left, so I will just back up a little bit to the peak of the roof. Mm-hmm. Till. All right. Uh, thank you, Void Keeper. And Till's going to move to here, take the attack action uh, with his spear uh, two handed. God damn it, nine. <laughs> I am rolling like ass. Kind um, of all are. I assume a nine misses. Oh, yes. Uh, and spend a key point then. Flurry of blows. To make two unarmed strikes as a bonus action. 
23. That'll hit, yes. For 8. Nice. And 20. Which will also hit. For 6. Nice. So yeah, just sweeps with the spear, and when that misses, both those talons come out, and just one after the other. As you as you sweep in to strike at the uh, at the void walker, it sort of recoils, and your talons come away cold, as if you had just dipped them in ice water. Uh, don't like that. <clears throat> Mistle. Um. Does this thing have any weapons on it? No, it just seems to have claws. Hmm. Well, she's going to go ahead and try to stab it. All right. So make your movement. And you are flanking with Coltar, so your attack will have advantage. Sorry, I'm trying to navigate my sheet. Where are my weapons? Underneath your health. Oh, they're in front of my face. Sorry. You have advantage. Roll again. That'll still miss. But I believe you're two up in fighting magic short swords, mm-hmm. so you can make another attack. Right. Nice. Roll again in case you crit, but that'll hit. You do crit. Oh my cool. gosh. <laughs> crit sneak attack. Do it. Yeah, so you do get sneak attack. So you want to, underneath your attack rolls, you see the global damage modifier for sneak attack. Check the box next to that to turn it on. The one that says sneak attack? Yeah, check the little, the little okay. white box. Check that. And yep. then click on the damage roll for your short sword. In the chat. Oh, wait. Uh, click, on the, click on the short sword name in the chat. Wait. In the... The, one, the one that has the natural 20 on it. Just the word short sword directly below the twenty the twenty-seven. In the chat box. Okay. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Uh that won't add your decks to it because it's an offhand attack, so it'll be just the that'll be a four instead of a nine. So nine and ten, so that's nineteen damage. Yep. <laughs> Ouch. Pirates. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. This one's just going to shoot up at Eaglin. You will be at his long range, though, so he'll be at disadvantage for that shot. A pair of 22s will still hit you, though, oh, for, four, for four ballistic damage. Ooh. 
Flying over a battlefield seems like a good idea until you realize they brought guns. And then the last pirate. You and can pirate. roll nat 18. Five, yeah. 10, 15, 20. I, I knew they brought guns, but that's why I flew up. I was like, all right. <laughs> like, maybe I'll just get out of their range or make it harder for them to hit me. That didn't fucking matter, though. And this one, this one's gonna take a shot at you again with disadvantage because you are outside their short range. Right. The six will miss you this there time. There you go. Well, at least one of them missed. Yeah. Bees. I like how we're all doubling up on things over here, and getting over here is in a three-on-one handicap match. Right. <laughs> yep. right. Right. Exactly. So he's roguing correctly. <clears throat> so, uh, bees again. The this sort of hive and web entombed suit of armor lurches forward. The arms kind of hanging akimbo at the side, and it comes forward. And there's that agitated buzzing as the bees swarming around it are glowing uh, a, a much deeper, almost almost red glow. From within the their thoraxes or within the abdomens, and uh, you can just hear it, Gideon, Gideon, and uh, bees gets up to about here, and then a uh, smaller glob of bees shoots out at the one that attacked uh, the first one that attacked Gideon. Um, uh, so I'm using uh, Hunter's Mark. Uh, uh, oh, well. I was doing that to mark off the spell, but it, it, it rolled the damage. I got to see if I can hit first. Yes. Um, so it is it is marked. Uh, and then I'm going to make a um, a long B attack. Really? A long B attack? <laughs> does 15 hit? Uh, 15 does hit. Okay. All right. Um, so five points of damage uh, from the bees, and then uh, an extra three from the from the mark, eight total. All right. Are the are the auras for all these monsters changing colors as they lose yes. health for you? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Varush. And, and for the audience, now that they can see it properly. All right. So having been shot at a couple times. And one actually hit. Uh, he just like addresses the town square and he says, Attention, Necros pirates, you're in direct violation of many laws, but most importantly, planar boundary, planar boundary statute 61 7, subsection 8, transporting extra planar entities across planar boundaries for the express purpose of using in a hostile manner. These creatures will now be displayed be returned to their home plane in the most expedient manner available. And I pull out my heavy blade from behind me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, to divide its attention, I'm going to get to the other side of it. Also known as to flank. Yes. um, Out of curiosity, the only information I had was your job. What's your class? Ah. He's a paladin. Yeah. 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 Uh, So. Oath of bureaucracy, I take it? It would be Oath of Crown, wouldn't it? No, he's he's Oath of the uh, Oath of the Plain Warden or whatever the name of it is. The Watchers. I'm treating it it like uh, uh, Men in Black. (laughs) Right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So both hands are my heavy blade. 
15. I believe that will hit the void walker. Yes, it will. All right. And I rolled a two, so I get to re-roll. Yep. That's 12 better. slashing damage. Are you going to put a smite into that at all? Um, <laughs> no, not right now. Okay. Uh, but with my bonus action, I am going to cast uh, Shield of Faith. As he bring it, after he slashes down on it, uh, he'll reach up to his uh, a pendant around his neck and uh, shimmers a little bit. Uh, when I look at it, oh, wait, no, that's for Divine Sense. Never mind. But yeah, Shield of Faith. Uh, and that's me. <laughs> B B's sounding even more agitated. Uh, goes, Gideon, watch out. There's pirates and a cop. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't give a shit about galactic oh, laws. Oh, no. <laughs> he cares about interdimensional laws. Yeah. We don't fucking know that. We yep, don't know that. That's true. So that's, that's true. not necessarily better. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This pirate, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, is going to close with uh, Vodush and try and attack him with his short sword. Yeah, yeah, going, going. No, no, don't worry. We're not, we're not beat cops. We're border patrol. Is definitely not a better (laughs) argument. He's uh, it doesn't have disadvantage, but a twelve still misses you, I believe. Yeah. You should Uh, be in possession of some interplanar illegal immigrants. Coltarn. All right. So, um. Trusting the left flank to the long arm of the law, whatever the fuck Kendall is, and the Birdman. It's a long trunk of the law to you. Uh, I'm going to... Let's see. (coughs) If I point a five-foot line that way, would it spread enough to hit all three of those pirates or not? Uh, If you angle it, Hang on, no snapping. If you angle it, that would hit him. Uh, said no snapping. Uh, it would not hit him. What about if you move that? If you move the point uh, into the square that's actually next to him. Uh, if you put if you're in the square that's next to him, then yes. Yeah, because but, well, no, because like the line passes through that square. See where it is. Well, draw that line again. It's right there. Can you? Yeah, because. From there, from that edge, it would not reach him. Okay, cool. That's what I wanted. But to this know. would this would reach him, but it would not reach him. If I did that, it wouldn't reach the other one. Would reach that right. and not that one. Okay, yeah, so you can so, get two of them. Yeah. Okay. They're perfectly spaced. Yeah. To. To. to okay. <clears throat> so I'm gonna step over here. Uh. So yeah, push off. Push off the statue. Step over to here. Uh, still with the still with the mace on my hip now. Uh, reach back with my free arm with the dragon tattooed left arm. Elbow the elbow the backpack, and as I do, a a canister just shoots up into the air. Reach up, catch it, plant it. Uh, grab the top, twist, and step back. And as I do, this canister just lights up with this green glow. It looks almost like an. It looks almost like a like a um like a like a light siren. One of those like like um I can't think of what they're called, but like the alarm lights, um except it's green, and it's just sort of, and just 
of more acid than could possibly have fit into that canister erupts out of it into a line through the Void Walker and two of the Necros Pirates uh, as I cast Tasha's Caustic Brew. I need them all to make dexterity saves versus a shitty... Right. Actually, no, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> pretty good damage roll. Uh, eight acid damage. The Voidwalker being insubstantial has a fairly decent deck save, so let's see how it goes. It succeeds, so it takes half damage. Roll max damage. Roll shit. Yeah, it's 30 <laughs> feet long, so it hits them anyways. And then the other two do not have such good deck saves. That's a failure and just barely succeeds? Yes. So, uh... The one that failed dies. <laughs> Each, each creature must succeed in a dexterity saving throw or be covered in acid with a spell's duration or until a creature uses action to wipe or scrape the acid off. Uh, a creature covered in the acid takes 2d4 damage at each at the start of its turns. So it actually doesn't take damage yet. City and Holler. Literally only one of them got covered. Literally only one of them got covered, unfortunately. Now I gotta stay and fight. And the one that, that covered is, is dead. Just sort of like instantly dead on his turn, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine. You know, which is next? Is that? Yeah. I don't it means I don't have to keep concentrating on that spell. All of my spells look cool and are ineffectual. Next, <laughs> that's the end of my turn. No, on his I turn he dies. <laughs> and then this pirate yeah. is going to flank with Till. We're going to flank with the Voidwalker against Till. Look out! Uh, from your Kendall, <laughs> from you, your child. from your from your height from your elevated position, you're realizing that as the as the pirates get close, they're using the flats of their blades, which implies that they're trying to take these people alive for one reason or another. Oh hell no! I've seen that e documentary. Uh uh-uh. uh this isn't happening. Uh, I, I believe an eleven misses you though, Till. Hey, yeah. Gideon. Is it my turn? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, bees, we're standing fighting. But you're flying. But they helped us, so we gotta stay and fight. But you're not standing. Get away with it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to come down to within range of my pistol and fire at that one. But you'll be down to 40 feet. Uh, actually, I mean, yes, I'm still down to 40 feet, but I'm going to fire that one instead. Um, and... Sixteen hits. Two damage. Uh, yeah, apparently two damage. Uh, wait, wait, wait a second. It, what? No, no, no. That's not right. Yeah, that's that's uh, off. I just added your uh, dex mod. It next no, will die. Yeah, because there's a space between two and the d6, so it didn't. Oh, really gotcha. 
And also, that should be a 1d6 because it's a pistol. So no, one, the one in the. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Right. I think you're looking oh. at. I think you're looking at the blaster pistol. Yeah, I was barely looking at the blaster. Pistol. Oh. The blast. The blaster pistol wouldn't add your dex mod. Gotcha. All right. Well, in that case, um, yeah, blasters. Blasters are good for people even... who don't. Blasters are good for people who don't have there. good decks because they get an extra that damage even... die, but don't add your decks. All right, that one rolled properly. Yep. Oh, it should be ballistic and not fire. It's ballistic and not fire, yet. Yeah, but yeah. And I will fix that. But it is six damage. Oh. Yep. Yes, it is. And now it's uh, which Voidwalker? This Voidwalker that's in front of Till and Varouche. Uh, it's going to take a swipe at Till. Look out! The Voidwalker's going after you. Actually, the big black thing's going after you. It's going to take a bite. It, it it's, it's, doesn't have any like definable face aside from these four, these two sets of glowing red eyes. But as it reaches, as it leans down towards you, this blackness in its face just splits and you see the shadowy outlines of teeth as it tries to take a bite at you. And rolls a natural 20. <laughs> Who wants to be my bodyguard? That's 13 piercing and 5 necrotic. Ooh, I'm unconscious. That should only be 18 damage. You have 19 health. Oh. Yes. Yes, it is. I have one hit point. The next time, the next time somebody hits you, you'll be unconscious. But And then with its claw, it's going to swipe out of Varouche. Uh, not at advantage, but a 10 misses you. <laughs> This pirate. Which pirate? Five, that pirate. 15, 20, 25, 30. I'm going to pile it on Varouche. <laughs> That's a nine, which will miss you. Correct. Other Voidwalker. This Voidwalker. Uh, it's going to. Yeah, it's going to take a step back, which will provoke an attack of opportunity. Yes, it will. <laughs> for both of us. Yep. <laughs> Flynn. So, Mistel and Coltarn. 23 nice. hit. For six bludgeoning damage. 24. That will also get your sneak attack, so roll damage. Ouch. It was going to do a thing, but then it died. Hey! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, is Mistel right-handed or left? Uh, right-handed. So well, with, with, I mean, kind of ambidextrous, but with With, Col with, with Coltarn coming in from the left <clears throat> because he's left-handed, and Mistel coming in from the right because they're right-handed. It's just... Whang! <laughs> Uh, Kendall. All right. Um. Well, they're not allowed. They're they're not allowed to do what they're trying to do. And there's a big ass void. Well, actually, Voidwalker is pretty messed up. 
Um, see if I can. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, I am shooting at this pirate with Eldritch Blast. With Eldritch Blast, yep. Eldritch right. Blast. Uh, twenty-four. I assume hit. That will hit. Yes. For eight force damage, and it is going into the through the tree like uh, off to the side of the tree it's getting pushed 10 feet yeah it it, it clips the tree and sort of spirals yeah. around it as it gets shoved away <laughs> oh, a lovely dragonborn with a breath weapon i'd love this formation right a now. lovely clump but i have to <laughs> oh. heal till first oh i don't worry i've got plans <laughs> spoiler <laughs> they involve bees <laughs> oh have you the noticed? hell you say? Speaking of tail, tail, it's your turn. Speaking of bees, have you noticed the formation of the bees in your token, Craig? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed the shape they make? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed good that old, very good, much. The good old flying bee. Well, I think it's I, <laughs> yes, no, it's, it's, it's John bee. flipping me off with with the bees. <laughs> it's oh, a, I yeah. see it. The bees are in the shape now. Of the I see finger. it. The problem is it's sort of sideways turned, yeah, so yeah. it's like it's like it's that. subtle. <laughs> it wasn't aimed at you, Craig. This, it was more this, in this way. We're both happy. Yeah, I get my guard bees, and John gets to flip me off. Six damage. Someone needs to teach bees that gesture. <laughs> you're you're muted, Jack. Uh, so yeah, uh takes a lunging stab with the spear and then falls back slightly, uh, not actually moving out of combat because, <laughs> um, and I'm going to spend a key point to take the dodge action as a uh, uh, as a bonus action uh, for patient defense. Yep. So everybody's at disadvantage if they try and hit me. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Mistel, it is your turn. Okay, she's gonna go for the other void walker, the one that's still standing. Go flank it with tail and murder. Because stabbing the other guy worked, so you have a yeah. band because you're flanking with tail. All right. Again, oh, 24. 24 will hit. You can't not kill it. It's dead. Seven piercing. Yep. As again, as you drive this blade into this shadowy creature, it sort of loses cohesion and then just fades into the ground and disperses. You. Are you okay? Don't take any of my stuff. Well, now really isn't the time. All right. Anything Unless else we have turn? something shiny. No, that's your turn. All right, this pirate is the only shiny thing I have currently is Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> up here and later. Yeah, up here and try and stab bees. That's an interesting sentence you chose there, William. That's a 22 for five piercing damage to bees. 
definitely hits. <laughs> Five bees um, die. No, it's a, it's a, it's actually probably a lot more than that. Just fly swatter some bees. I, I, I just more, like the I, idea I that you're more than twenty bees. I like the idea that you're exactly as many bees as the hit <laughs> as the hit points in any particular moment. <laughs> They're just big. They're all about the size of a softball rather than the size I previously described. Or more to the point, there's a lot more bees than that, but you have as many sentient bees right. as your hit points. Oh, no. Please don't make me get dumber the lower my hit points catch. I don't have a lot of wiggle room. This one's going to take another shot at Gideon. I mean, technically, when it's your hit points 14? hit zero, you do get dumber. <laughs> Uh, which I believe will hit Gideon for seven ballistic Wrong. damage. You're muted, Camille. I didn't hear you say you were attacking me, actually. Uh, I was. I would have said, I have a bonus action, so I can dodge. You have to do that on your turn. Oh, well darn. Okay. Unless you've, but, got, um, unless well, you've got uncanny dodge, which you could do as a reaction. No, it's just a cutting action. Um... In that case, then seven ballistic. Yes. All right. Let me see Why? how. Uh, candy dodge is a thing you can do. Not at level two, I don't think. Is it? Not at level two. Level no, three ability. Ability. Level three. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uncanny dodge. Uncanny dodge is level five. Wow. Oh. Oh wow. Why are the two? People... Yeah, I get evasion at level three. Why? Are uh, evasion's at level seven. You get your archetype at level three. That's um, yeah. Why, why are the two people that need cure wounds on opposite sides of the field from each other? The lesson, the lesson from this re this recent conversation is many of us have not played rogues in a long time. <laughs> haven't played rogues in a long time, and haven't played low level rogues in even longer. Well, yeah, like we're we're all like, yeah, no, it's 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 third level that you get uncanny dodge. No, that's fifth. Oh no, yeah, right. It's evasion. Evasion. Yes, yes, that's totally. No, it's a. Oh. <laughs> there are very few classes that get something other than their archetype ability at level three. Monks being one of the exceptions. <clears throat> uh, druids. Artificial. Oh yeah, because druids get their archetype at level two. Right. Basically if you get your if you don't get your archetype at level three, you get something. Yeah. <clears throat> da -da -da -da. This pirate has taken his shot. Bees. Uh, remind me of the rules. The um, disadvantage on ranged attacks is if an enemy is in melee with you. Okay. Not even if you're not attacking that enemy. Yes. Okay. Is because they are able to disrupt your attempt to aim. Yeah. Uh, by being threatening in your space. Yeah. You try yeah. to aim your longbow at uh, something else, and they're like, "Dude, I'm right here," and hit you with the sword. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, then I'm going to step to here. Uh, yeah. Provoke an attack opportunity. Yep. He will swing with a short sword. A 13? Miss. Cool. Um, and, uh, and say, Okay, Gideon! We're coming to help! We're just gonna take out these ones! And, um, I'm gonna use my, uh, bonus action to activate Hail of Bees. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then I'm going to, uh, make a long bee attack at this one. I would recommend aiming for the injured one so you don't hit Varush. Uh, uh, two bees. Varush is one of the enemies. Okay. That's why I'm attacking that one. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. No, you're good. 
Because <laughs> it's a cough, I dig it. <laughs> I have shield of faith up. I trust. <laughs> um, well, unfortunately, Hail, Hail of Thorns doesn't really care about shield of yeah. faith, or in this case, Hail of Bees. Oh, come on. Natural one. Well, that'll miss anyway, so yeah. failure. So, uh, at least from Varush's perspective, all you see is a bunch of bees fly out and try to settle on the um, the pirate in the middle, but it's a miss. Varush. All right. Um, let's see. I am going to move over to one, two... Yeah, I'm gonna move over to here because he looks fucked up. I think this guy gets an opportunity attack. Uh, oh yeah, the one, the one above yeah, you. This yeah, one right up there. And a short sword at the 14, it misses you. Yes, it does. Uh, and yeah, uh, this one right here, heavy blade. I'm not at advantage, but 21 still hits. That for pirate is dead. Just cleaved in twain. Uh, and then I will move up to over here and say, uh, yeah, no, I'm just going to move up to there. Right. At the top of the round, There is an audible sound from out of everyone's, uh, from just outside of everyone's vision. There's just this as a gunshot goes off. And uh, this skeleton dies. As you see emerging from around the corner, a pale woman of unique outfit. <clears throat> Let me see if I can pull up my reference for her. Uh, she's dressed in a long, in, in like a, a waist-length black coat, tightly tailored around around her torso, but open in the chest with just a black band around around her breast with a bandolier for her rifle, uh, wearing this long, wide-brimmed, purplish, dark-violet hat with a black feather in it, long black hair draped around to about mid-back in these very tight, very form-fitting pants, wearing high heels in the middle of a battlefield as if nothing is happening. Um, with these, with these finely tailored uh, marksman's gloves, holding the most ornate long rifle that you've ever seen, chased with gold and silver, and this coruscating with this sort of violet energy. I mean, big. Deal. This woman, Kendall's also wearing high heels in the middle of battlefield. I was going to say, I desperately need to hear Kendall's reaction to this. Um, this woman is also clearly not alive. Her the pallor of her skin is unnaturally pale, almost violet as she emerges from around the corner. I believe I told you, boys, that we're not wasting time on the nobodies. Get yourselves moving and find me my quarry. Where do 
From up on the roof. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I just look around at that. You realize you shot one of the four people that you had left. Uh, because you might know this, uh, Coltarn, give me a history check. Yeah. Actually, so might um. So might Kendall. Okay. It's the orphan from Grand Terra. What did you say? History? <laughs> yeah, history. Bring Find me, me my on. quarry. <laughs> 13. Still fucking looking. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, anyone except for Mistle and Bees, honestly, could. Mistle, Bees, and Gideon. Everyone except for those three can make a history check. Hey, I had schooling. Not this kind 13. of schooling. I didn't pay attention. So Kendall, Hill, and Coltarn all recognize a face that is famous across the Galnet. The commander and leader of the Necros Pirates, the Pirate Queen Nyx. Doesn't change what Coltarn said. He's just less inclined to do anything about it. Absolutely doesn't change anything Kendall just said. Till's hiding behind a tree, so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. I'm sorry. You must not know who I am. I understand. I get it. Confused people. But I, I'm a ways away. And um Miss Fairchild, Miss Fairchild, let's. Yeah, you're completely ignoring that. I'm Kendall Fairchild. I'm not nobody. Okay, Till's running up to tackle Kendall off a roof at this point. (laughs) Just wing beats and. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Coltarn, it's technically your turn at this point. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) Oh. This character may only last one session. Yeah. <laughs> because I still don't know if they're going to stop. Raise the uh, raise my hand towards the other one that's that's harassing Gideon. Uh, point my index finger and click the thumb as another shot from my gauntlet. As I use. A, ooh, a 24 on finger guns. That will hit. For five force damage. Nice. To the one fighting Gideon. All right. Uh, and that pirate is dead. That pirate is dead. Gideon. <clears throat> is this one still standing? Yes. Okay. I'm going to fire at it. You will be at disadvantage because... Oh, no, never mind. You're in the air. Never mind. Yeah, you can go ahead. (laughs) 
Look how John was like, why are the people that need to be healed so far apart? And then didn't heal anybody anyway. <laughs> That's because it makes more sense for me to wait. A, I can't get oh, the Gideon. Yeah. B, there's nobody next to you. It makes more sense for me to wait until one of you drops to zero. That's fair. Mm. That's a that's a miss. Yep. Uh, and I'm just gonna holler, bees. I'm hurt. We gotta go. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to, I guess, death. Yeah, so, you do have cunning action, so you can dash the bonus. Yes. That's what rogues get at level two. Right. For the rest of you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one, two, three. They got a new cunning four, action, too. They can aim. Five. Well, I don't have to worry about healing Gideon anymore. <laughs> He's officially exited my give a right. fuck a meter. I mean,. Yeah, and hopefully I don't run into more pirates because I'm fucked anyway. I am flying up though, so. All right. And this pirate's turn, he's going to disengage. And 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Uh, this Void Walker is dead. Kendall. All right. <laughs> so the conversation continues. <laughs> action bonus, action reaction, all used to sass. Oh no! Uh, 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 well, well, yes, but more as material or uh, spell components, really. As she steps to the edge of the of the uh, the roof that she's on, and she's like, "Listen, I know you think you're hot shit, but why don't you take your skank ass and get." out of here. Oh my gosh. As she casts Cause Fear. That's a wisdom save? I believe that it is. Uh, yep. Construct or an undead is immune to this effect. We don't know necessarily how the rules of the undead That's work fair. That's here. Fair. That's fair. She is, in fact, creature type undead, though. So. Okay. <laughs> Unless you're too dumb to, which, based on how you're dressed, is a distinct possibility. <laughs> That's my action. <laughs> That's my turn. Till. Yeah, so we're grappling Kendall off the roof and behind <laughs> this building now. <laughs> Uh, I've got 40 feet of flight movement, and I will tackle her at a dash if I need to. Do I need to, like, make oh, it? You need to make a grapple check. All right. Not great at these, but we'll see what happens. Boop. Six. Jesus. Oh, my God. You, right? Amazing. Roll acrobatics or athletics to resist. And no. No, this is gonna be great. If he if I if I can't move her, I'm just bodybuilding her then. Um so that will be acrobatic, so she tries to just sort of leap over the dot the tackle. 
Nice. All right. And it's so, yeah. okay till you lay down. You're you're tired. I get it. And, uh, he's, <laughs> he's just he's just full on body uh, body shielding in front of Kendall at this point. Him is one ass hit point. <laughs> so is it my turn? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um. I'm going to move over to the pirate that is near bees. And stop him. All right. Mistle just completely ignores whatever's happening over there and continues stabbing her merry way. Mm-hmm. I mean, fair. Yeah. Ah, look, more knife holders. <laughs> 17 will hit. 17? Awesome. That will not get sneak attack because you do not have advantage and it's not with an ally in me. Seven. Seven. All right. Anything else in your turn? Uh, can I make my second attack? Uh, yes, with your bonus action. And that was mine. Mr. we have to go. All right. Okay. Pirate's turn. This I just gonna... need to stab this one dead first. This okay. pirate's gonna this pirate's gonna disengage. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. This one's going to five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Dash, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Bees. Can I get it for you? To Mistle. If you want. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make a long V attack mm-hmm. against the one that Mistle just attacked. All right. Long, long B. 24. 24 will hit. Uh, that is a 10. And we'll kill it. Yeah. Uh, what happens to my hail of bees if it if if I've already killed it? Uh, let me check. I think, I think it's wasted, right? <clears throat> if you were still concentrating on it, then yeah, it's wasted. Yeah, I mean, I you still know, I, the, the effect still goes off, but there's nothing to hit. Yeah. All right. Um. So bees then bees says, "Okay, we stabbed it. Let's go." Uh, and bees will uh, run up essentially to rejoin the rest of themselves that they just launched at that other pirate. Varush. To hear. <clears throat> All right. Let's see how. Let's see how tall is the is the ceiling or the uh, roof that? Uh, About ten, maybe fifteen feet. Ceiling. Okay. Can't reach. I'm tall, but I'm not that tall. Can I take Misty Mistel with me? If she likes to ride on your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, I barrel up at this individual and take a swipe. 17. Hits. All right. Or oh, hey, I get to reroll Look, that. These are bags of XP. They're not getting away. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why. Uh, so five points of. Uh, uh, I'm actually hitting him with the the back of the blade, like knocking their skull around. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's me. Holly, will will Mistle uh, ride on? Uh, oh, absolutely. Shoulder. Okay. All right. Not that you have to continue mm-hmm. there, but I figure I can give you a thirty foot head start. Yeah. Okay. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to keep the skeleton in between me and the long gun that's on the other side of it. Uh, at the top of the round. That seems reasonable. Hmm? Nyx just walks up to this particular pirate and just kind of pats it on the side of its desiccated cheek as if it was just like a, a, a little boy that had, that, had done a, that had been doing a job for her. Like, I know there's not much left in your brain, but you really need to get better at following orders with her with her right hand as her as the gun is just resting across her shoulder in her left. And without looking, as the gun is resting across her shoulder, she just pulls the trigger and there's a... <laughs> As as a as a shot, not at Kendall, but at the floor underneath her where she's standing, hits the hits the house and detonates. I need Kendall to make a deck save. Does Till also have to make a deck save? Mm, Till's flying. Well, with an eight, you fall off the roof face first. You take I mean, one. You take one d six point of falling damage. You take one point of falling damage. Okay. As she turns and starts to walk away and issues a command, as the pirates begin to follow her. Unless anyone has anything else to do or wants to give chase. Mm. Nah, I'm good. Hmm. Kendall might have something. I'm assuming she doesn't get 120 feet away. No. The so, only thing I do is grab anything off the pirates that I'm passing. She <laughs> gets up. Now she looks angry. And yeah, let's see if she can actually hit. Twenty-four. Woo! You hit. Roll damage. <laughs> 10 force damage. Looking nice. forward to seeing your next character, Jeremy. Right? Yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, and she's propelled 10 feet forward, which I feel like is like a, like, like, I realize it doesn't actually knock her prone, but like, slam into the back, like sort of the, uh, the, 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 the drunk girl shove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you're dealing with the Queen of the Pirates. Right. So what, what happens is you fire the Eldritch Blast at her, and it's dead on target. And as it's coming, she just kind of jumps and puts both her feet out behind her and kicks the Eldritch Blast. It deals its damage to her, but she basically just takes it as the propulsion forward and lands sprightly on her feet. Nice. Um, can I see... That's right. Runaway bag. <laughs> At this point, Till lands and Miss Fairchild, this encounter is over and your father would wish for me to make sure that you are escorted to a safer area. I'm good. I'm fine. Okay. Look, I'm done. She's running away. I won. You can go. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
I look over at them. Think about yeah, think about going to Heel Till, but realize I might get charged for, you know, approaching. She's, she just seems like that kind of person. Uh, so I'm just going to turn and start following the other injured one who seemed much younger and thus probably in more need of health. <laughs> I will walk over to Teal and, like, pat him on the shoulder and 10 hit points. Oh, hey. <laughs> So I'm just following behind. Thank you, Void Keeper. Bees, because I figure the bees will lead me there. You look like you had a little bit too much fun, so I figured I'd help you take the edge off. Those shadow things pack a mean bite, Miss <clears throat> Fairchild. Are I you, do you? Yes, I did. You're welcome. Let's let's head somewhere else. Okay. Uh, as we walk past. Do any of these pirates still have an intact usable firearm? Oh yeah, they all have pistols. Well, just gonna grab two of those. <laughs> these, these two presumably don't anymore. Yeah, bees probably takes those, but yeah. there are other pistols you can find. Okay. Um, <coughs> bees. The bees say, um, sort of in the. I don't know how directional bees' speech is, um, but Coltharn, you certainly hear. Who are you? What are you doing? Why are you following us? Your friend looks like he needed medical care. Are you a doctor? Yes. Are you a pirate? No. Are you a cop? Are you a pirate doctor? No. Also no. Are you a pirate doctor cop? That's a good one, Mistle. <laughs> also no. Hey, Gideon! I found a doctor. It's not a cop or a pirate or a cop or a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, can I see my house from where I am? Yeah, it's literally this one on the corner. I can see my house from here. Okay. Alright, so I'm gonna go in and make sure my moms are okay. So as as Gideon ducks in to check on his to check on his moms, as uh Kendall continues to delude herself that she had the upper hand in that fight. <laughs> well, what the fuck you're talking about? Uh, that skank ran. She landed a hit and didn't get shot. She's That's a win. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just going to say, who took more damage out of that fight? Help me outside. How about that? Bitch, go down. <laughs> Com- comparative damage tells a different story. See, now you're just moving the goalposts. <laughs> um, anyway, um as everyone recuperates from that from that encounter and contemplates what they're about to do next, um you hear a scream from back at the Journeys Ahead Tavern. Boy. Run that way. That is where we're going to end for the week. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.